Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. This is Pete Vecchi welcoming you to another episode of Reconciling Grace. Joining me in the studio today is Vicki Cundiff, and joining us remotely are Don McDonald and Mick Wells. And we are here today to discuss part two of a topic we began last time called Self-Esteem and Self-Love and Christian Faith Walk, The Tension. And last time we were discussing the tension that there is between loving oneself and not having such a love for oneself that uh, we forget the fact that it's not about us, it's about Jesus Christ. And we ran out of time last time, so we just kept the mics open. And as we were about to close, there was something that Mick wanted to share with us about the fact that there are self-love passages in the Bible that seem to say two different things. So Mick, what did you have that you'd like to share with us about that? Well, the love we've been concentrated on here and focused on is, is the healthy love that God wants us to have for himself and seeing ourselves uh, in the image of God and loving ourselves, appreciating what God is doing by creating us, uh, we should love ourselves. He wants us to love ourselves, but in a healthy way. I want to share with you a couple things here. Mark 12, 33 says, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our understanding, all our strength. And then it says to love your neighbor as yourself. And we did have a, a, a healthy discussion on that. That's the kind of, of love we should have be focused on to love our neighbor as ourselves. clearly the lord is telling us in his word that we should love ourselves and then if you're like me you read along in another place in scripture and you're kind of blindsided it's a little more than tension it almost comes across as contradictory uh or a conflict in paul's second letter to timothy chapter 3 verses one to five, I want to share something with you. It says, mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now that's something we can probably all relate to. It says people will be, quote, lovers of themselves. Now keep in mind, we've, we've been talking about the need to love ourselves, but this is cast as a negative in 2 Timothy 3 verses one to five. It says people will be lovers of themselves Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, unholy, ungrateful. You get you get the gist of this here. So it's a it's a negative. I think what we're saying here is we should love ourselves because God loves us, but we should not love ourselves from impure motives. In fact, the distinction is so stark here. I I would say we should love ourselves as God loves us. But we should not worship ourselves, like it says in all the with all these negative things. And I did a little research and found out that even though it reads the same in our English Bibles, there's a different Greek word for each of those cases. But they both tell us to love ourselves. One in a positive way. Another uh, says it's a it's a terrible thing in, as a negative 
associated with the end times. And I just wanted to throw that out there to provide some clarification for students of the word. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And Don, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. I know that we have some technical issues with delays because you're remote there, but uh, it sounded like you wanted to um, move on from that point, Don. Well, not so much move on, but to support what Mick is saying, that when we look at self-love in Scripture, it has to start with who we are in the presence of Jesus. And, and last time we met, we spent a lot of time developing that from our First John 1 text, from our Romans 3 text. We developed the understanding that, yeah, we are broken, but we are redeemed and loved in Christ, and therefore we love ourselves. And as Mick is saying, if, if you're reading through Scripture and all of a sudden you see that tension, we'll use that as our theme word of these two sessions, the tension is, hey, but wait a minute. When you're in the Timothy text, you've gotten to the point where self-love has replaced Jesus. Mm-hmm. Good. And, and at that point, and I, I think it's good that Mick bring that point out because we always have to say, I love myself. I can do great things in the kingdom because of who I am in Jesus. And that sort of takes us with, you know, we start with who we are in the presence of the Father in heaven. And I know, Pete, you have that uh, Matthew 10 text, uh, 29 through 31. Do you wish to share that? Sure. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. I always marvel over how we are valued. We never, in my estimation, my humble estimation, really slow down to say we are a valued creation of the Father in heaven. Mm -hmm. We are loved. We are valued. And many times people hear the direct opposite message. You know, over the years growing up, um, I heard many sermons from Dr. DeCryer. I grew up at Christ Church of Oakbrook in Oakbrook, Illinois. And he says, aren't you tired of hearing commercials that say that you're not valued? And in order for you to be valued, you've got to go buy this product. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I remember Dr. DeCryer preaching that so many times. And I think when we're dealing with the issues of low self-esteem and the issues of low self-love, we forget that we're valued. You know, the the young man whose casket I stood over who committed suicide, and we began our last session of, of Reconciling Grace, noting that this was dedicated to a young man who committed suicide at the age of 21. Um, and one of the things he never could get in his head, his mother and I talked about it, at the funeral home is he never understood he was valued. He never understood that he could love himself because Jesus loves him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when we're looking at our epidemic of mental health that's going on right now, a lot of it is built upon, I'm not valued. I'm not valued in Jesus Christ. I'm not valued that, you know, and, and, and that conversation, that self-talk is so strong. And, and I think that's something where we as Christians need to figure out how to show that love. It goes back to what Vicki 
your session on loving your neighbor that you had, Vicki, so beautifully done, by the way, Vicki, um, that if you can't love yourself, then how do you show love to your neighbor? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reminded, Don, of a song that was popular probably 20 or so years ago. I believe it was Michael Card, and I believe the name of the song, if I'm wrong, it was something like this, Could It Be? And one of the lines in that song went so much right along with John 3.16 is that Michael Card in the song is asking the question of God, could it be that you would really rather die than live without us? Just think about how loved we have to be in order for God, the God of the universe, to have Jesus, who is the second person of the Trinity, of course, die because he would rather die than live forever without us. That is just something that is unfathomable to me, but it is the key to understanding how much we are loved. And and I think, you know, for those who are listening to this podcast my prayer is right now if you're dealing with low self-esteem and you're dealing with low self-love hear pete's voice of the love that god has for you yeah hear jesus's voice hopefully through me but it is it is it is truly i truly mean that i understand what you meant don but it is truly the fact that god loves you so much. If you are listening to this, I'm talking to you that God loves you so much that he would really rather die than live forever in heaven without you. You know, and to add to that, it's about delving into a relationship with Jesus. Um, Sometimes people miss that, you know, even Christians out there that really don't delve in and and learn to hear his voice and, and learn to really deeply know him because that's where you're going to experience the love. And so to add to what you said, Don, uh, I, I agree with that. If the listeners out there, if they are feeling that way, delve into your Bibles and, and read the, the Gospels and, and read about how much God loves you and, and delve into that relationship and start to pray, and that'll build. And trust is also a factor that will come from that, of learning to trust God and, and to experience His love for us. And, and I think, why do we have issues of mental health that are so rampant right now is because people have forgotten they are valued and loved. I agree. That they have forgotten self-love and they have forgotten that in self-esteem they can do great things in this kingdom. And to me, when I talk about that, it begins with the reality of saying, I am loved and I can love myself because Jesus loves me. And and I, I was thinking about that Ephesians 5 text and 25 through 33 where it says, husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or in any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, and he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." 
This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. You know, every time I read that Ephesians 5 text, I realize it's talking about the power of Jesus Christ caring for the church. But all of a sudden, in there comes this, but realize as Jesus cares for the church is how the husband and wife are to care for each other. And in particular, husband, if you can't love yourself first, you'll never be able to love your wife. Mm-hmm. And I know when, when I talk to people getting ready to be married, the first question I ask is, do you love yourselves as much as Jesus loves you? And that is so important to know how much Jesus loves us. I, I, I just can't stress that enough during this uh, episode today and hopefully during all of our episodes. One thing we do need to do is take care of a little bit of business here. We do need to take a break for our sponsor. So we will do that and be right back with the next half of this episode of Reconciling Grace. And we're back with Reconciling Grace and Pastor Mac, P. Mac, Don McDonald is sharing with us the topic of the tension between self-love, self-esteem, and the Christian faith walk. And Don, I think that you're going to bring us into a new area right now of this discussion. And and I I thought what we would do at this point, because we we developed the understanding and the call, as it were, that we're called to have great self-esteem, great self-love as we walk in Christ first, but we also understand that we are in a time of, of mental health crisis. And, and I feel as a pastor that one of the reasons why is because we as Christians are not doing enough self-love as it relates to Jesus Christ. And if we can't do self-love, then we cannot have high self-esteem to accomplish what God wants us to do. And I know um, Vicki and I, we were having a conversation a little bit around dealing with our kids, our youth as they're dealing with mental health and, and struggling with uh, self-love and self-esteem. So, Vicki, do you want to fill us in a little bit of some of your thinking, please? Well, I think that there, over the years there's been a great disconnect with actual conversation with people and with being with people. You know, I grew up in the country, and we waved at everybody, you know, that we saw back all those years ago, but people don't connect as much as they used to in person, and it seems they want to do that over the internet, you know, over their phone somehow. And we live in a world, and and it's not just here in the United States, it's like this, it's just everywhere, where there's so much degradation, there's so much ridicule and coming at each other. And I think people find it easy to get on the internet and social media platform of some sort, and then they feel like they can say what they wouldn't say to somebody's face. And so I think there's a lot of criticism and a lot of hate speech that goes on that might be causing some of this low self-esteem. And and I know as I work with the youth and the life of the church, one of the conversations I have with them always is you need to understand that your social media platforms are not always a measurement of true and real life. You know, and that you you need to understand that as you're walking in Christ that Christ loves you, and that's where you need to begin with everything, and not 
with what social media, you know, is is addressing you and defining you. And and that's difficult for our kids to really understand. And 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 when I was thinking about you know, what we're developing here, Vicki, you know, what is the goal of esteem? What is esteem? As we're sort of looking over this, and esteem is to think favorably of or to regard as valuable. And it's from the Latin, and it's to value and appraise and to estimate, to give great regard and value and highly respect. And so how do we establish that our youth need to love themselves as Christ loves themselves so that they have that esteem. And and that's something that I don't have a clear answer to, but I find myself always saying, let's start with, I love you because Christ loves you. Let's start with that reality. And, and do you think that is a right procedure or wrong procedure in, in starting there? What's some of your thinking on that? I think it's the right procedure, you know, and there was a guy that said to me this week um, through work, um, didn't really personally know him on the site, and he just mentioned casually how I've turned off my Facebook for the past seven weeks, and so I think that that's going to have to be a factor somewhere, telling people that you love them and trying to spend time with them, like you're, you're saying. I think it's great what you're telling these young people but I think at some point, we're going to have to back away from that stuff. It stirs us up. It makes us think about negative things. And, you know, people take pictures of other people and post this, some nastiness on there. I mean, I think that if we pulled away from that, we're going to give God a chance to build that self-esteem in us. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the important things or ways to deal with it, especially with young children, is, is uh, where the parents resolve to fill in what the uh, these constrained social contacts, um, what what they what damage they can do. For example, my children. I've only got one left at home now, but they know that I never watch the evening news. Now I'm not being a legalist. It's because the evening news is, in my opinion, not all that trustworthy, and it's depressing and. They know that uh, I look to, uh, if if I do anything online, it's with spiritual videos and things like that. I want to instill the fact that as a parent, God has given me a love for the children, you know, and around them, even even when they're in school, they're subject to things like bullying and all the things that uh, cause mental health issues. And so I think as parents, it's a grand opportunity a God-given opportunity to try to instill what we may have uh, been supplied through through other means, but the parents need to step in. And I know that's hard to say and talk about because the family's breaking down these days, but I think that's what God would have me do uh, with my children, and, and to some extent even with my grown children, so they'll have some example to uh, be able to live with healthy self-esteem. And, you know, Mick, I'm glad you brought up the grown children. I'm not necessarily talking about your children per se, but I'm talking about the generation, the generation that we have now of young adults. And to me, it seems as though there is a big, big confusion 
between self-love and selfishness. You see, love that we have for God is love that God gave to us. And in other words, we can only love God because he first loved us. And that doesn't mean that God loves us so he lets us have our way all the time. No, it means that he loves us because he wants what's best for us. And what's best for us is not always what we think is best for us. You know, we don't approach love, and we shouldn't approach love in the way of saying, I want this and I want that, and if you don't give me everything I want, you don't really love me. And that's kind of the way it looks on social media. Um, I can't remember. There is one meme going around on social media uh, along the lines of somewhere we lost the idea that um, if I don't agree with everything you do, that doesn't mean that I hate you. You know, the point is um, I can love you even though I might not agree with your opinions or or the way you see things or all the way or all the ways you do things. My goal, my way to love another person is to say that I desire to have this other person know Jesus Christ and live forever in heaven with Christ um, in eternity. That is what love and loving another person means. And, and I think, Pete, when, when we're sort of putting all this together and sort of putting together a conclusion, you know, my goal from this session of Reconciling Grace is, is to give people some guidelines to have a conversation like we just did. You know, how do we start a healthy conversation about self-esteem and self-love as we deal with mental health issues? First off, you just said, honestly, this is what I'm feeling about with social media, and this is what's going on, and this is what I'm experiencing. At least hear me out. And Because and my, my concern is that when we finish this session, yes, we talked about self-love. Yes, we talked about self-esteem. But how do I do this with someone who I'm struggling with that you know has low self-esteem and has low self-love? You know, it's by saying, hey, listen, from what you're hearing on social media, what are you experiencing? How are you seeing it helping you? And to me, that's the beginning of a place to have a healthy conversation about self-esteem and self-love. And Pete, I think, you know, basically sitting down with someone who you love and saying, hey, are you getting the right messages from social media? You know, and how you're experiencing that. Um, cause that, that's one of the things that I ask myself every day, even with my adult children, sometimes I have to sit down and sort of say, Hey, what are you experiencing? What's going on in your life? And, you know, um, my family line starting all the way back, you know, from my uh, grandmother has always dealt with mental health issues. It's in the DNA of our family. So it's important to have that healthy conversation about self-esteem and self-love. Um, to me personally, Part of it is, I've always told my kids, you're not going to shock an army. I, I've been around, I grew up around Pete, so Pete's <laughs> yeah. just kidding out there, just yeah. kidding. Well, yeah, um, we, we, we knew each other back before we actually gave our lives to Christ for the most part. And, you know, neither one of us yeah. were real bad just for the sake of um, uh, full disclosure here. You know, it wasn't like we were we were people going out and terrorizing the neighborhood or anything, but we were your typical teenage boys. Yeah, and, and I think it's important that when you have healthy conversation about self-esteem and self-love, it's starting with 
this is what it is. This is who we are. That's why I spent some time on saying, who are we in Christ? We're sinners, always in need of forgiveness. We have this tension of trying to grow in Christ. And it starts with saying, I'm loved because Jesus loves me. I'm loved because I'm justified in the presence of God. Um, and I think that's important. And, and the other thought I was thinking about in conclusion here is be honest of where you are with self-esteem and self-love. You know, for those who are dealing with mental health issues today, you have to start with where are you at? Where are you at in your walk with Jesus? Do you feel loved? Do you know that you are valued? You know, that sense of esteem in that process. Um, I really feel that rather than saying to someone, I'm, I'm going to raise a flag of one of my pet peeves for a moment. Don't tell a person they shouldn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's very important because emotions and feelings are just that. You cannot control a feeling that comes over you. It's what you no. do with it afterwards. And and I think that's what's important, you know, when you're dealing with that, acknowledge the feeling. Hey, I really feel bad. I don't think I can do anything. I don't think I can conquer anything. I just don't feel like I love myself. They're allowed to have those feelings, but as they deal with that, you can say, but you know, there is someone greater that can really help you through this. You know, Vicki, your story is so beautiful from the other session because she said, I started to realize I could conquer my shyness. I started to realize that God is calling me to do something greater. But it began with a journey and it began with attention of saying there's something greater out there. Um, I, you know, when I was looking over this and praying over it, I said, be honest with someone about your mental health struggles. If, if you're really feeling low self-esteem and you're really not feeling love, right now I'm praying over you, that you get to someone that will help you. You know, don't, don't deny it. Deal with it. Work with it. You know, to me, I've learned that low self-esteem and self-love creates limitations of honest conversation. You don't want to talk to anybody because you don't think you're loved. Therefore, why should I share where I'm at as a person. And don't you think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're afraid we're going to be judged? Uh, even in the church that happens, you know, we don't want to confess our, our issues, our problems, because people are going to think less of us, and we're already thinking less of ourselves, and by saying something to somebody else, we're afraid that we're going to be thought even less of. Well, you know what? I think, I don't remember if it was you, Don, or Mick earlier, talked about running to Jesus when you're thinking you need to run away from him. That's when we need to run to Jesus and run to each other. And we who are the ones who are run to because people see the love of Christ in us, we need to understand that people need to be encouraged a lot of times. Well, that's what I was thinking. I just want to say really quickly to all those Christians out there that are listening, and even if you're not, you can still talk to Jesus and come to know him. But, you know, sometimes we want to talk to everybody else about how we feel, and we don't tell Jesus. And uh, that's something I've learned more and more is, is to run to him. And he wants us to tell him exactly how we feel. And we'll come to find a lot of healing for that and, and trying to find the help that we need. Mm -hmm. So we need to talk to other people, but we need to first and foremost talk to the Lord about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've learned that um, one of the things that is a legacy for Danforth Reformed Church in my 26 years here, I asked one day, um, how do you see Danforth Reformed Church? And they said, well, that's simple. We're the island of misfit toys. 
And that's a great thing we, to know, yeah. You know, we work with those who people sometimes say nobody else will love, but we will. Hmm. That is so important. And, and Don, I think we could keep going with this, but we are coming up against the clock here and the reality of time limits. This has been a great session that you've led. Hey, this is the first session you've actually led for Reconciling Grace, and you've done a fantastic job, especially knowing that you've been doing it remotely. But it is time for us to be signing off now. So for Don McDonald, who led us today, for Vicki Cundiff, for Mick Wells, this is Pete Vecchi. Thank you for joining us for Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.